This is false and defamatory, the impact of defamation and weaponized social media. Trigger warning, this podcast discusses topics related to emotional abuse, gaslighting, verbal abuse, threatening language, cyberbullying, intimidation tactics, and thoughts of self-harm which may be triggering for some listeners. The content includes descriptions of manipulative behavior, psychological distress, body shaming, online harassment, and other forms of abusive behavior and emotional trauma. Please take care of yourself and consider your mental and emotional state before listening. If you need support or someone to talk to, please seek help from a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. Thank you for listening. On April 5th of 2021, H filed as an intervening plaintiff. The technical legal term is intervener, which means the entry into a lawsuit by a third party into an existing civil case who was not named as an original party, but has a personal stake in the outcome. The non-party who intervenes in a case is called an intervener. The intervener joins the suit by filing a motion to intervene. An intervener can join the side of the plaintiff, defendant, or as adverse to both the plaintiff and defendant. Around this time, because the defamation was ongoing and was apparently not going to stop, I would review the footage that was collected on my behalf and I would bullet point emails to my attorneys called insanity recaps because honestly, I couldn't think of a better term. This was insanity. The fact that she had even fabricated the narrative in the first place was insanity. The fact that she didn't stop after she was served with a lawsuit was insanity. The fact that she wouldn't stop when she was sent retraction letters was insanity. So I would name these recaps insanity recaps after reviewing the footage of the defendant defaming me that was collected as evidence in the case. So the defendant made an Instagram live video, I believe it was Instagram and Facebook live, and it was a sale, a live sale, where she admits to deleting her Instagram. I deleted my Instagram and it has been such a blessing. Like, I cannot tell you. It's so nice. I changed my Facebook too. And the thing with Facebook was I was friends with all these people I didn't even know. But then like, I wasn't seeing people's posts that I really genuinely care to see their posts. So now I just add just people I know, not anybody extra on Facebook. And then if I want to make the public like I have private posts and public posts so if you're on my friends list you can see all the posts and if you're on if you click follow you can see all the public posts so I have like 90% of the posts are public but you do want like some sort of especially after the stuff I've been through this year oh my god you definitely want some sort of privacy you know And this video was on April the 7th. On April the 8th, she made another live video, which was also a live sale, where she admits the same thing. What happened to my personal account? I deleted it. And let me tell you, it was like a freaking weight lifted. Oh, like all those followers just gone. 
I do not care at all. So what I was telling you on the beginning of the video too is like, as you probably could tell, eight, nine years I've been here, I never tell people to follow my Instagram, but I tell people to follow my store one. Well, I don't know, that's weird to tell people to follow your personal Instagram, I guess. I don't know. I'm like the weirdest person on social media, but like follow if you want to, but don't if you don't. So I ne my following never grew really past like 25K. And then when I deleted it, it was like such a, a weight lifted. I don't know how to explain it. It's just so nice. When you feel like you get violated, like on social media, you just want to close everything off. So I did, and now my life seems and was saying like ever since you've shut off your social media you're like just a different person like you're so much happier and calm and not stressed out all the time and I totally agree. So the defendant has admitted to deleting her Instagram and the reason this is so important is because during the legal process if you were involved in litigation and in this case in a defamation case the subject of the defamation was her social media posts you have a duty to preserve that evidence and discovery in the lawsuit until the lawsuit is done. The legal term for what she did is called spoilation. The definition of spoilation is, the term spoilation of evidence is often used during the process of civil litigation. It arises when one side suspects or uncovers that the other party has deliberately, negligently, or accidentally destroyed evidence relevant to the case. So not only did the defendant do this, but she also openly admitted it on camera multiple times on her social media. The defendant held another live sale video on April the 14th of 2021, where she again talks about deleting her Instagram and makes several slanderous claims. Technically, I thought I deactivated it. And I think I accidentally deleted the whole thing, which the only part that sucks is my archive. But hey, now I'm glad that I have 135,000 pictures in my phone because I saved so much of my like Instagram poster over the years. So that's definitely a blessing. Um, and that's the only thing I really care about. I don't care about that, like the account's gone or anything. You can get that back. I mean, not back, but you know, you can tell people to follow you again, I guess. I just care about all the old like posts and stuff that were there. That does kind of suck. That's a lot. Okay. So I'm not even gonna import my old list with all the people, so I don't want anybody getting mad at me. Some people get really pissed off. Just so you know, I call y'all if you get really ugly to me. <laughs> and some of y'all I talked to today and y'all are really nice in real life. My employees were like, I can't believe you're calling them. And I'm like, well, I just wanna see, like, are they having a bad day? I'm gonna cheer them up. I'm like, hey girls, how's the weather in Napa? You're angry still or no? I promise I'll stop emailing you. I told someone today, listen, I know you don't want to get my emails. I don't want to pay to send them to you. If you could just tell me when's the last time you got an email so I can check. Because <laughs> we have a new program and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. At some point in the video, an Instagram account with the username Canadian Pop-Tart started commenting and her followers started commenting back. The defendant did acknowledge this Canadian Pop-Tart account. Of course, they're all inferring that this account is me and they are all going back and forth with this account as if it were me. The follower says, Canadian, when do you close your mouth? And Canadian Pop-Tart responds and says, once defendant stops lying. And then someone else says, LOLing at Pop-Tart who is trolling an Instagram live, calling him or herself a food item while defendant is running a successful business. Canadian Pop-Tart says, envious of a couple on the brink of financial ruin and have filed for divorce twice in four years, not really. Canadian Pop-Tart also says, successful but lied about getting over $200,000 in government assistance, but wouldn't even pay her employees during an ice storm. Ha ha ha. A follower says, then you must have a sad life to be on a spam account trolling someone. I'm sorry. It's unfortunate. Another follower says, Canadian Pop-Tart needs their own life instead of obsessing over another's. Canadian Pop-Tart says, success, but has the highest turnover rate and a revolving door of staff, LOL. 
Another follower says, again, who is trolling Instagram and who is currently selling their product? Canadian Pop-Tart responds, you're going to have to sell a ton of last season pajamas to make a million dollars for the lawsuit. LMAO. Another follower says, it's funny because tonight she'll be selling her boxes and you'll probably still be logging into your fake account, wasting your time stalking someone. Another follower says, not sure who you are. You seem like a really bitter ex-employee. Canadian Pop-Tart says, she specifically denied receiving the loans. That's the sad part. She's referring to the PPP loans that they had talked about in prior comments. Another follower says, funny how you think you will get any money when we are all witnesses of your behavior here. And then Canadian Pop-Tart says, you can't brag about your mansion in one breath, then deny your staff paid time off in another. Another follower, this is the follower who made the post on October the 30th about the fallen angel and the malignant devil, starts saying over and over again, serial extortionist. She is referencing my prior lawsuit with my prior business partner once again that was in no way remotely the same thing as what was happening here but this would be a term that would be very prevalent over the course of the lawsuit that I was somehow a serial extortionist and then Canadian Pop-Tart comments and says, if you want to unsubscribe, defendant will call you at work to find out why. And this is a direct response to what the defendant had said in the video about not importing all of her old contacts into her new program because some people get upset. And then if they get upset about being on her email or text list, she admitted to calling them and asking them why they are so upset. Is she still going? What's wrong with people? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Don't you have children? That's so weird. Also, I'm not that interesting. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'm glad we have nothing to do still. What is wrong? Are they literally still talking? Yeah, oh my just... gosh. Okay. Sorry, I can't pay attention to that. I got money in my girl. <laughs> 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 to pay off all that PPP you be talking about. Stupid. <laughs> been forgiven so for months. Um, I don't understand people. I really don't. But I guess like my. Look, all the authorities, police, attorneys, everybody says it's something that I will never comprehend because I don't speak that language. Yes. So I resolve in that. Do you know what that means? That means like I go to bed like this because I know I don't think like that. <laughs> I found a whole photo album in my phone in the drive of you and Judas modeling outside by the big silver tanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw all them pictures. You know, and all those butter sweaters. So stupid. So stupid. I think you're beautiful. I, I think you're beautiful. So, um, and oh god, I can't even see. I just get so sidetracked with the crazy crazy. We need to get off here before Craig Gray loses her mind. Also, the emails, we're gonna start segmenting our emails, which we started doing it today, and I was showing her and I was like so excited. Cause like we created an email list today for just people that are in close proximity to the warehouse, and literally is eighty eight hundred people literally are that close of proximity to the warehouse that are on our email list. So at one point, the defendant responds to Canadian Pop-Tart in this video and says, don't you have children? And something about you need to find something else to do, or it's good to see that we still don't have anything to do. So she's clearly referring to Canadian Pop-Tart as if they are me. She also references Judas in this video, which she has already made clear that she calls H Judas and she calls me Lucifer. She also talks in this video about how she was segmenting her email list and how there were 8,800 people that lived in close proximity to her warehouse. I would also like to point out 
I live in close proximity to her warehouse. That warehouse is 0.3 miles from my home. So when she is talking about the 8,800 people that are on her email list and theoretically would follow her on social media, those are people that are quite literally my neighbors and people in my own community that are hearing all of her lies because she doesn't just talk about this in text messages to her friends or even private social media posts and stories. She is currently on a public live video trying to sell products. And this isn't the first time that she has done this publicly. So 8,800 people that are my neighbors in my community are on her email list and live in close proximity to her warehouse. And she also once again references the police, the authorities, the attorneys, again implying that there has been some sort of criminal activity when in fact there was none. On April the 14th of 2021, the defendant had made a new Facebook account using her maiden name because by this time she had filed for divorce. This post was very vague and it's unclear exactly what she was referencing, but this was one of the many new social media accounts that she had made. The post says, I'm still navigating. I don't have answers to a whole lot of questions everyone has, some I even have. Just know that I'm taking life day by day less planning ahead and more just walking through the days, trying to be a good mama and a blessing to someone. I'm 38 and as much as I have gained, earned and been blessed with, I still don't know what's next for me. And I'm becoming more okay with that every day. In the meantime, I've set boundaries. I've said no. I've stopped doing things that cost me my peace or didn't serve my purpose. And I'll tell you, I never felt more calm. Happy isn't the word because some days the confusion of the chaos is heartbreaking. But there is now a calmness that I've been yearning for for years. I'm in control of my path and that feels really good. Good night, friends. During this time in the legal process, the defendant had sent over what's called RFP, which stands for Request for Production. And they list out many things that they would like for us as the plaintiff side to produce to them. And around this time in April, this document was due. I had calls with my attorneys and I provided every single piece of documentation that was requested of me. For example, one of the things that was requested was any social media posts that I had ever made about the defendant. I turned over approximately 600 social media posts that I had made about the defendant and her business over the years, and all of them were positive. I was promoting her business. I was encouraging people to shop at her store. I was telling people about the products that I had purchased and the pictures that I was posting were the outfits that I had purchased from her store. Almost 600 positive social media posts from my own personal social media where I am promoting her brand. One of the questions asks to produce a true and correct copy of all Facebook posts I have made regarding the subject matter of this cause. I had made no social media posts about this case, about the defamation, about any of it. All of the social media activities surrounding her false and defamatory claims were posts made by her. So my response to this one was none. Another one of their requests said, produce a true and correct copy of any correspondence you have sent to any third party claiming they libeled, slandered, annoyed, and or harassed you. Again, my response to this was none. I had never filed another lawsuit about defamation. So the claims that I was somehow this serial extortionist and I had done this before are completely false. Had I been in a prior lawsuit? Yes. Did it have anything remotely to do with this? 
No, absolutely not. Another one of their requests said, produce all documents evidencing any communications you've had with any employee, member, manager, owner, or administrator of Gomi Media LLC. And again here, my response is none. I've never had an account on Gomi. I've never corresponded with Alice Wright or any other member, manager, employee, anything to do with Gomi. I had no contacts or membership with Gomi. And that was made very clear, not only in the retraction letters that were sent, but also in our response to this request for production. The defendant made another live video on April the 24th on one of her Instagram accounts. This wasn't her primary Instagram account. This was an Instagram account that she had created for her home. She had built a very large home and she would share all of the details of that home on this social media account, including blueprints. She would make videos walking through the house. She would share multiple pictures of each room from various angles. This entire account was dedicated to her home and she made the following video on this account on April the 24th, 2021. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, I definitely don't have to sit on the internet and be ugly people. So especially ugly people that listen, I didn't tell anybody when I left, you're going to hear things about me on the internet, but you need to believe what you, what I tell you, not what other people say. I didn't say that to anybody. Nope. I never had to say that before. Just saying, but don't worry. I look forward to getting a copy of every word I've said in this video on Monday. Just so you know, it's free for me. <laughs> oh, God. Too much. I get too much joy out of this. I really do. This crazy life. Like, even my crazy friends are like, ah, honey, I can't even get on that level. But what's important is how you behave during a storm. And it's not really a storm for me because it doesn't affect me too much. Like, I'm not stressed out about all that side of my crazy life too much. I used to be, and then I realized, like, what am I stressed out for? I don't have anything to lose, so... I'm definitely not someone who has made a habit out of this or has done it before. God. But I'm thankful because these cute pajamas, where did they come from, guys? They came from my favorite people. From We're going to have a collab together. I'm so excited. Shut up just in time. Look who's here with us. It didn't take no time. Sometimes we have bets for how long it'll take you to show up. Like I say seven minutes in, 14 minutes in. Long enough for you to figure out what profile you want to be under right. Oh my goodness, I cannot imagine. I'll tell you, I've never gotten on social media in my life and, and said really hateful stuff to someone else. Especially someone that I, at one time, like told the internet world how much I loved and I've never had a falling out with to their face. And I've definitely never told the police. That I was terrified of them. I mean, terrified of the other person. Yeah. So I've never done that. I've never gotten on social media and acted crazy and made up lies or anything like that, but that's okay. Devil works hard, doesn't he? So in this video, she is washing a plethora of her makeup sponges while she is talking and people are commenting back and forth. At one point, an Instagram account with the username Jake from State Farm joins in and is commenting and she and her followers are referencing Jake from State Farm as if that were me. So when she says, we wondered how long it would take you to show up and sometimes we have bets, she is once again referencing me as if I have now made this 
other account called Jake from State Farm so that I could comment on her videos. She also misquotes what I had told the employee when I left. I had said, you know, after I'm gone, if you hear things about me that sound kind of weird, I just want you to go in your own brain and decide for yourself if it's true. So now she's morphed that into, if you hear things about me that I've done on the internet or something like that, you shouldn't believe it. So she's distorting what I actually said. And by the way, what I said literally came true. Exactly what I said would happen, happened. She also references that I've done this before. Once again, the narrative that I am a serial extortionist because I had been in a prior lawsuit. And ironically, she goes and says that she has never gotten online and said mean things to someone and never has lied on the internet or spread lies on the internet. We know obviously that is not true. She had actually, like I've said in a prior episode, created a fake Instagram account to say horrible things to a woman who who she thought was a troll. So not only has she done that to that person, she's done it to many other people. And here she is also doing it to me while saying that she's never gotten on the internet and said mean things about anybody. The next day, the defendant makes another video on April the 25th of 2021. Oh, it's okay. You can be nosy. It's fine. I don't mind. No, I just, I have some crazy stuff going on with these weirdo people. It's like a movie. It's crazy. But anyways, and so I just wanted to get away from it for a little while. And it's been pretty nice. So now if I post, I post on my home account a lot. I post on my store account more, which is kind of how it should be. You know, like I'm somebody who I, I literally trust every single person. And I just, I think I never thought that people do bad things. I really did not think that. I know it sounds so dumb to like live in a bubble, but I really did live in a bubble. I used to say like, I wish I could have a roast of myself so that somebody would tell me something negative trust me i got way more than a bargain for <laughs> but turns out there is just this crazy people and this person had been like stalking me for like more than seven years and i didn't know and i brought them very close to me in my life and my business and oh god it just turned out to be a nightmare so it's like a movie it's literally like a movie so I just wanted to get away from it all. Plus my dad's really sick and honest to God, it was causing problems in my home life and I just needed to be away from it. When you don't know who you can trust and you don't know, you just feel like so scared in your own house. And now I don't feel like that, but I did for a long time, like for over a year. And then it just progressively got so much worse. So now, I just keep to myself a little more. Yeah, and I think, honest to God, like I've never really been burned in my life, if that makes sense. Like I've had really good relationships with like all my friends my whole life. I don't have like a bunch of girls that I don't like or don't like me so much that I know. And then I couldn't figure out like, why are they talking about me on the internet? Like I'm not famous. I'm not, I don't have any followers compared to like all these people that they talk about or that they loop me in with. And so I just couldn't understand it. And then I found out I was like the same person talking under multiple accounts. And I was just like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. So I just decided to delete my social media and say I'm not doing any of this stuff for a while and then when I found out that there was a couple other people involved too that were like really close in my life it was absolutely disgusting and devastating and oh it just makes you oh it's like the grossest feeling I told the police officer I said it's like someone shoots a cannon straight through your gut literally you feel like your body has this huge hole in it I used to tell people I live in a bubble and now I'm like my bubble definitely burst so I'm working on putting my bubble back together <laughs> but I have to do it on my own time and in the meantime my dad is sick and that is just where my concern lies so it is what it is I don't miss it that much I miss my dms I miss y'all that's it but I don't miss like that panic or that crazy feeling or that like that fear you know I definitely miss y'all I just try to always be a good person but I mean it was like destroying my marriage it was destroying my personal life it was destroying everything because you're just so scared and and the crazy part thing is 
the crazy person that's what i'm about to say the person who's responsible she used to tell me to my face like you know you live your life in fear and i think that's like the grossest thing to like be the one doing something to somebody which i never had a clue and then to tell them like what their fault is you know to be like you live your life in fear and i would be like yeah i do i don't know why because I had no idea. Oh my God, I feel like such an idiot now. Mm, whatever, it's fine. But I'm a lot better now. It's so crazy because you go from like being so scared to being like feeling so good. And I feel so much better now. Golly. Plus when you figure it all out, like we, I had to get the police involved and all this stuff. So, and they figured out so much for me. That and like we got a forensic data analyst and a forensic accountant. And they were able to do so much stuff that I could never figure out. We got all kinds of stuff websites taken down we got ip addresses stuff i'd prayed for for months honestly i know i keep telling myself like this can't happen twice <laughs> but the police also told me that they don't think it's ever going to stop so i know isn't that nuts i don't think it's ever going to stop i'm like what happens if i like get killed or something this is crazy it's like literally what you see the officer one of the female officers she was like it's like what you see on lifetime movies i know so weird <laughs> also like y'all can't hang out with me now why you do that it's just crazy So the defendant says in this video that, among other things, that she had gotten IP addresses and had gotten a forensic data analyst and things like that that make it sound really, really official. But in reality, when she was questioned in her sworn deposition, she said that she had none of that. Her deposition reads, Have you ever retained a forensic accountant to investigate your claim that Crystal was trying to ruin your business? Ask the question again. Have you ever retained a forensic accountant or a forensic accounting firm to investigate your claim that Crystal was trying to ruin your business? No. Let me ask it this way. Have you ever retained anyone to investigate your claim that Crystal was trying to ruin your business? Not that I can recall. I don't really understand the question, though. Okay, well, let me make it real clear. Your position in this lawsuit is that Crystal has done and said things to ruin you and your business, correct? Correct. Okay, with that same definition of what you believe, have you done anything to investigate your claim that Crystal was, in fact, trying to ruin your business? I investigated myself. Okay, other than your own personal investigation, has there been anyone else that has done any investigation regarding your claim that Crystal was trying to ruin your business? Well, if I can find the data, I don't need to hire somebody to. The defendant also repeats the narrative that I had multiple accounts and would log in and out and say hateful things about her on these blogs, which once again, none of that is true. She also tells the part of her narrative that I had stalked her for years and then she brought me close to her and her company. She also brings up a conversation that we had where I told her that she lives in fear and that is a true statement. I did tell her that. She was constantly obsessing over who was a troll and it kept her from doing the things that she needed to do for her business and so I sat her down at one point and said, you have to stop worrying about all of this stuff. You live your life in fear. So that is a true statement and I was trying to encourage her to not focus on the hate blogs, the trolls, whatever you want to call it, because it was crippling her and she wasn't doing the things that she needed to do and she would make excuses that that was why. Then she says now she's figured out who those trolls were and so it doesn't bother her and then once again brings up the police and investigators, again, trying to imply that there had been crimes committed. At one point, she even mentioned, what happens if I get killed? So not only is she alleging that I have stalked her and that I have written about her on hate blogs, now she's implying that I might even result to violence. None of this is true, but 
this sort of thing incites her followers and keeps the drama and the narrative going so that they think that I am this dangerous person that has done all of these things when in reality I had done none of these things and she had shown no proof they were just believing whatever she would say. Around the beginning of May, the defendant did reactivate her Instagram that she had previously claimed was deleted, and so she started posting on there again. The next post was on May the 23rd of 2021. This is another long Instagram story progression where she is talking about me. She had taken a trip. And so she was on this trip. She was in the balcony of this room that she was staying in and going over her narrative again, making stories for all of her followers yet again to listen to this false narrative that she had created. Is that like my dad's situation is permanent and final and there's nothing I can do about it. And then the crystal situation. Look at that, girls. I said your name. Go write this post down. It's not permanent and final and eventually they'll stop or the law will intervene or, you know, something. I don't know. I know and I think I just sit here thinking like, what good are they getting out of this? You know, I don't understand it. Like it was like the most loyal relationship I'd ever been in, in my life. It's like money worth knowing that you have to go to sleep at night and be that person or like tell your family you're not that person or whatever. And I think I, I was scared for a time because I didn't know like what I was allowed to say. And then I got sued for it anyway. So who cares? You know, at the end of the day, like, if the truth is the truth, it doesn't change. Regardless of if you want to file a lawsuit over it, and I think it's just freaking nuts. But it breaks you down, you know? It, it, like, breaks your heart. It, like, hurts your feelings in, like, a, a different kind of way. Like, in a, I don't know, just, like, of all people, you know? Should have known. God, I should have known. But you just don't. And I, I'm going to be smarter going forward. It sucks, though, because then there are good people, and you have to doubt them, too. And it just sucks. Get up, get off my ass, stand up for myself, stop being sad that it happened, and be proactive and fix it. I think I've spent so many months in this like, oh my god, this is not really happening stage, and it is really happening, girl. If this can happen to me, in the bubble that I lived in, and how happy I was, and how confident I was, and how like, literally, can't touch this MC Hammer style, like, I was just, like, boastful or prideful or any of those things, I just was like a genuinely really happy human. And if I can be taken down to the levels that I'm at right now, that terrifies me for people who didn't even start out at the level of confidence that I had. And that's something that I have to like get over because I have to be able to show people later on that you can get over it, you know? There's no success story if I'm not successful. I'm not gonna lose my business. I'm not gonna lose this stupid lawsuit. I'm not gonna do ugly things like they're doing. I'm just not gonna do that. There's a way to fight evil with good and still win and I will do. I haven't never asked anybody to send me anything, screenshot nothing, none of those things. But I'll tell you this, everybody who, not everybody, there's two people <laughs> who screenshotted my posts and sent them to them or any of those things, you know that part of the message where you're like, oh, don't include my name. And they were like, oh, don't worry, I won't. They did, FYI. But don't worry, I haven't done that because I haven't asked anybody for anything. I haven't actually screenshotted anything because I don't care. So I'm not one that did anything wrong here. So just let you know when you're dealing with people like that, 
be smarter. I don't think most people have to, not have to, that's the thing. It's not even a have to. I don't have to live my private life in public. I choose to. But I guess most people's jobs don't include talking about their personal life every day on the internet. So it's very hard for me to like talk to you about my personal life on the internet. But I feel like I'm, my job is to talk to you about my life day. And then I, for the last like eight months, I've been in this limbo of like, what can I tell them? What can I not? And then I just woke up one day and was like, are you kidding me? I can say whatever the hell I want to. It's all true. That's the thing when you tell the truth. So I think that's what kept me like in this little cage for a little while too. It, me thinking like, oh my God, I have to get online and talk to my internet friends, but I can't tell them everything that's going on because I don't want that to like mess up anything. But the fact is I've never strayed from the honest to God. I just need to get accustomed to getting back on the internet like I was. It is like my happy place. It really is. I'm like way more sad when I can't talk to my internet friends. <laughs> if that makes me nuts, then okay. I don't care. I've been doing it for like 13 years. I love it deleted a whole bunch of stories but i'm gonna repost them one day so remember that i'm saying that right now so i guess the part about living my life in front of the camera is that like i live my life pretty organically and authentically in front of the camera and there's parts of my life right now that i'm not supposed to talk about because i'm involved with this crazy with them and to me it's like no i just want to tell you guys because this is nuts and you shouldn't be allowed to do this stuff to people and you shouldn't be able to like do any of this like it should be there should be rules against this and stuff and then it's just not so the way you can help is shop at my store and i never said that before and my attorney asked me one time like how come you just don't tell your followers and the reason i never said anything about that is because like i don't want people to like feel bad for me and then go order stuff i want them to like order stuff because they feel like they need it or they want it or it's in their budget you know that's what makes me different than like a store store i think i don't i want to be someone who solves your problems and not just takes your paycheck you know I think to other people, especially like it, especially my attorney too, he's like, you know, it's it's not that big of a deal for you to be giving it as much weight in your life as you do. And I think for me, like, I don't know, I never have anybody say mean things like that. So to me, it was a huge deal. And like I always did, but I didn't know who was responsible for it. Now I do. It's just so weird to me and I just need to get over it. So in this video, she actually does say our names and then she says, look at that girls, I said your names, write this post down. So as if it wasn't already clear to everyone anytime she references this in any way, shape or form, she specifically names us by name. She also says that eventually the law will intervene and then she makes reference to the most loyal relationship she's ever had in her life and there she is referencing H as she has many times prior saying that exact same thing. She also says that she's going to fight evil with good. And she also says that she's never asked anybody to screenshot anything and send it to her. And then says that she would never use that person's name. What she's referencing here is... I was required in the request for production to turn over any private messages that I had about the subject of this lawsuit in any way, shape, or form. So the Facebook message that I had received from the one girl the night that this all started asking if the defendant's post was about me, I legally was obligated to turn that over. In that message, I had told her, I won't give your name. When I said that, I meant I'm not going to tell the defendant or I'm not going to tell other people in her circle that you're sending this to me. At that time, there was no lawsuit. But once there's a lawsuit and you're required by law to turn those messages over, 
I turned them over. And the other message was the one from Laura from Instagram. Those were the two messages that I turned over in our legal proceedings. And that's what she's referring to. Now, the girl that sent me the Facebook message a few days later was photographed by the defendant and posted where that girl and her daughter were in the defendant's home. So when she's saying, don't screenshot stuff and then be nice to me, she's directly referencing that girl. Now, shortly after she made this story, she went back in and deleted that part. And she admitted that she had deleted part of the stories and that she was going to post them later. Again, posting things and then deleting them, that is called spoilation. Once you make a post about anything in this lawsuit, you have an obligation to keep that post in its original form and not tampered with. She also says that she has never screenshotted anything or asked anyone to screenshot anything. She has already said in prior posts that she and her internet army screenshotted all of Gomi for this lawsuit. So I'm not really sure why she says that in one breath and then later says that she never screenshotted anything because she has already said that she did. She claims yet again that everything is true and she can say whatever she wants and then implores her followers that the best thing that they can do to help her is shop. She then claims that she has never asked them to shop before. But we have already seen in multiple posts where she is reviewing the false and defamatory narrative that she had created and was spreading this campaign of lies multiple times where she has asked people to shop and told them that the best way that they can help her fight back is to shop her store. After she posted these stories, one of her followers apparently sent her a DM and then the defendant posted this DM in her stories. The message reads, you don't need to just get over it. You're grieving relationships that meant so much to you. You're grieving lost trust. You're grieving friendship, family, coworker. You're not just grieving. It's also trauma. The mental hell they put you through for half a decade is trauma. It was a form of torture that changed your world and your heart can't just move on from those things. Not to mention that while you're trying to wrap your mind in heart around it all, you're going through the hardest months of your life fighting for your dad's life and then the heartache of his loss. It's okay to not be okay. Take your time to heal. Let us be your sounding board while you need it and remember that you're only human. There's no need to always be superwoman. Take care of you, your boys, and let your heart and mind heal. We will all still be here. Then on May the 26th of 2021, the second retraction letter was sent to the defendant. This one was 14 pages long and contained many statements that were false and defamatory that the defendant had made. Then on May the 31st of 2021, the defendant posted a story where she was explaining to her followers how they could help her. And the words on the screen of the story say, This is how you can help me, and I thank you in advance. You are my guide. Remember that. It's an important part of this story. She shared a post from another Instagram account that is explaining how their followers can help them. And it says, Liking the post costs nothing. Commenting gives motivation. Sharing introduces others to their page and favoriting helps with engagement. So the defendant is saying to her followers, hey, if you do this for me, this will help and telling them that they are an important part of her story. On June the 2nd of 2021, my attorney, H's attorney, and the defendant's attorney agreed on a date for the defendant's deposition. It was agreed that her deposition would be on July the 16th. This was based on available dates that the defendant had given to her attorney, was circulated around my attorney and H's attorney, and they all came to an agreement that July 16th would be the defendant's deposition. On June the 3rd of 2021, the defendant made an Instagram story and wrote the following words on the screen. If you're new here, I've had horror 
horrible anxiety for months. Last fall, I discovered some really awful things going on around me. Those things affect my everyday life. It makes it very hard and very weird. And my dad just passed away. So it's a bit of a shock fest right now. I'm going to counseling to help make sense of it all. But my job consists of talking about my store daily. And I'd let the devil win if I stopped. And we can't let the devil win around these parts. So I'm traveling this road with you. And thankful I've been able to connect and share with you along the way. The people I've met via all this chaos have been such blessings. Also on June the 3rd of 2021, the defendant made a live video on her Instagram. I wish I could like take time off, but here's the deal. I cannot because I have to pay for attorneys for this crazy situation that I never asked to be in in my life and never thought I would be in ever. And don't think that I don't like look in the mirror and think like, you can't be sad you're letting them win. And like, I know people say that all the time. Like, no shit. Do you think I want to do that? No. Like, you can't just control that. But also, doesn't it suck to be the other person on the other end of this? Like, send the letters, send whatever you want. I don't care. It's disgusting. It really just messes with you, you know? Especially when it's like people that you like love and trust so much. And then I'm dealing with, you know, Captain Crazy or when they do something wrong and they make it seem like it's someone else and then they like i can't do anything to defend myself except for sue them back and i don't want to sue them back i'm gonna go to prison i hope you send me a letter because i don't care because i'm not gonna shut up or pay and so anyways i just think what is thing to be doing to somebody when they're already going through this like how do you sleep at night you disgusting lying to your family but don't worry, guys. I'm working every day so I can tell you one day why I'm working every day. Ah, so stressful. So, I don't know. It's just a lot, you know? You know what's good, though? It's nice to be able to speak freely because I can't imagine being those two little mongrels and having to... The mongrels and their little two minions who copy everything I say. I can't imagine being them and then having to, like, hide under fake names and ugly about people on the internet all day like i literally never say anything but positive things to people on the internet and it truly genuinely makes me feel better like when i'm upset or when somebody's mean to me the first thing i do is give stuff away like on the internet because it makes me feel good to do nice things when people suck i literally try not to be mean to anybody ever literally ever and you can bring light to this whole crazy situation yeah it is nuts it is crazy. I don't care who says, listen, I knew for years that there was something crazy going on online and I never looked at it or nothing. But I also never expected it to be someone who was in my house constantly or somebody who was in my inner circle or the person I trusted more than my husband. Like you never expect that for sure. And like, I feel, I don't know that I've gotten over that at all, at all. For me, it's like the totality of all the things, you know? And I also, it's scary too because like I know how happy and confident I was before all this stuff happened and it's like oh Jake from State Farm please shut up don't make me say your name out loud and get another freaking paper from your stupid attorney just shut your mouth like I'm literally not gonna deal with you you're literally who I'm god shut up <laughs> stupid this is a little bit of my karma <laughs> if this were karma you'd be in prison <laughs> stupid Anyways, glad to know you're here. Hide live video from you. Bye-bye. Anyways, now that she has to hop on another profile, which is apparently her specialty. Yeah, Jake got blocked from the video. Jake can go far, far away. <laughs> that stuff will blow my mind forever. See, I think that kind of stuff, I wish somebody would ever just come over and say something. You know, like, 
Everybody, not everybody, because people are so nice. Literally, like, if we all know, we recognize the trolls by their names. Like, clearly, um, they're not out as much as they are. Oh, our two friend, our friendly trolls, they like to make fun of, like, my emotional state sometimes, which I gotta tell you, considering the amount of medicine that you say that you take, you shouldn't be making fun of anybody. But also, I don't think it's nice to make fun of anybody if they're having, like, any kind of emotional state of anything. Just FYI, especially when you have children, there's got to be some reason for that, you know? I don't know what it is. And I am not someone who can, like, move forward if I can't figure out why. That people that I loved so much could be behind something that was so excessively hateful for so long. Like, oh my god. Or that you just don't ever see it. Literally, I was on the Inc. 5000 list for the fastest growing companies in America two years in a row. And contrary to what they like to talk about, those little minions didn't even work here then. So, it's nuts, my friends. It really is. Wanna see what's nuts? Let me show you. This, you know what this is? This is three months worth of hateful comments about me that people I know wrote. Three months worth. That is not the most disgusting thing you've ever seen in your life. It's hard, you know? I don't understand why people are so rude. Not people. Y'all are literally the best. But like, I just don't understand some people. What do you get out of it? Or to like follow people for so long and then go work there just to kind of destroy their life? I don't understand that. At some point during this video, a user with the Instagram handle Rachel Green comments and says, you were the meanest girl on the internet. I don't think the defendant ever saw that comment because she never drew any attention to it. But this person said that she was the meanest girl on the internet and that this was karma. She also references H&I as two little racial slur term that I'm not going to repeat. And then she also says, and your two minions that screenshot everything that I say. I think that she is talking about Laura and the other girl who sent me the Facebook message. They were not the ones that were capturing all of her content and sending it to me, but I think that she's inferring that they were. She also says that she never has anything but positive things to say about people on the internet, which again is extremely ironic as she is making an entire live video spewing multiple false and defamatory statements about me. At one point, she says to send her another letter. She's never going to shut up. She wants me to go to prison. Once again, making fun of the retraction letters and alleging that I had committed crimes that would warrant me going to prison. In this video, another Instagram account that is also Jake from State Farm started commenting in this video. She immediately comments back as if I am Jake from State Farm. She even says, get your attorney to send me another letter and I want you in prison, things like that. I never have had an account on Instagram called Jake from State Farm. I don't know who it was, but she assumes it's me and so do her followers. They start to comment back as well. She also says when she's talking about Jake from State Farm after she blocked them from viewing their live video, she said, oh, now she's going to have to go decide what other profile she's going to hop on insinuating that I have not only all of the profiles on GoMe and Reddit, but apparently I also have tons and tons of Instagram accounts that I would use to troll her. None of those things are true. One thing that was very alarming is in this video, she mentions the fact that I'm on a lot of medication. We had just had to turn over the RFPs or request for production. And one of the questions in the request for production was information about my medical history and any medical 
physical harm that had come to me because of these posts. And we turned over some medical records. Those things are supposed to be confidential. And she blabbed on her live video that I was taking medication. She furthers her narrative that I had stalked her and then come to work for her and tried to destroy her. At one point, she also gets out a large binder and tells her followers that this was full of three months of hateful posts. Once again, no binders were ever turned over during our legal process, even though she would claim and would show how many binders that she had. The defendant did make a live video after this video, a live sale where she is selling. And in one of the clips, she talks about that she had been asked to go on QVC. You know, I got an offer to go on QVC before all this crazy stuff happened with Tweedledee and Tweedledum. No joke, I really did. Isn't that crazy? She even told me I could bring my own models. Are you kidding? You're definitely coming with me. She's like super tall and gorgeous, has a perfect body. Remember last year when I paid for Crystal to get her eyebrows microbladed? Yeah, remember that? I'm not paid for. I got them done free for her. Remember that? She sure does sound like she was miserable, huh? So in this story, when she talks about QVC and how she would have been able to bring her own models and then she names someone, that person is a girl that I had actually brought to shop with the defendant. It's a girl that I had known since childhood. We, uh, my husband and I had mentored her in youth group. And because of my social media posts, she came to start shopping with the defendant. And when all of this started, the defendant would tag her in posts and really sought after her to befriend her. And so she's referencing that girl here. Then the defendant references the eyebrow microblading that she had gotten done for me. If you'll recall, the defendant did surprise me with this, even though it wasn't something that I had wanted or asked for. Additionally, my little sister had also done microblading. So if I had wanted microblading, I, I would have been able to go to my sister and support her. But the defendant likes to bring this up a lot because it was something that she had, quote, done for me. On June the 8th, the defendant filed a subpoena for Apple and wanted certain records from Apple, including but not limited to all documents related to Apple case and then gives the case number, any customer service records for the defendant, iCloud data for the defendant, connection logs for the defendant, and data evidencing devices logged in of the defendant's iCloud. None of this was ever produced or turned over during trial. When this happened, my attorney texted me and said, what do you think about this subpoena being filed? And I said, amazing. I want this subpoena filed. I wanted to subpoena Apple's because it would show that I never had anything to do with any hacking of her devices. H never had anything to do with it. I was thrilled. I was like, yes, let's get an Apple subpoena, whatever records that we need, because that will prove once and for all that I didn't do any of this and neither did H. Also on June the 8th of 2021, I filed formal paperwork for a jury trial. This is just a formality that if you are planning to go to trial and you would request a jury, you have to file this documentation. And so that was filed on June the 8th. Then on June the 10th, my attorneys got an email from the defendant's attorney saying that July the 16th was no longer a date that was going to work for the defendant's deposition. The email says, good evening. I hate having to do this because we have three attorney schedules to work with in addition to our clients. I emailed everyone on June the 8th that we were good for the defendant's deposition on 716. However, she made an oversight and forgot that she had booked a vacation and will be gone on that date. I've attached the reservation confirmation that was made at 3.51 a.m. on June 8th, which was before my conversation with her that afternoon and my communication that she wouldn't be available. With all the stress, it was just an oversight. 
website. I include the email so y'all can have confirmation this wasn't booked post agreeing to the date. We'll work to get a date on the books. Then he replies to his own email and says, What a mess. I confirmed with y'all on 6-2, not 6-8. I have to talk to my client. H's attorney says, yes, she booked this after she confirmed the deposition. We need to proceed as noticed. Please advise. My attorney sent this to me, and I sent the following email back to him. Under no circumstances should this be allowed to slide. She will do this over and over and over again because she thinks she can. I knew from that moment that if she was allowed to make this change, that it would continue. Spoiler alert, it did. Then on June the 21st, the defendant's attorney sends the following email. Good afternoon, all. I realize we agreed to July 16th, but we need to agree on another date. We are far enough out that no court reporter fees have been incurred. I'm working to get confirmed available dates from the defendant. This trip was booked prior to our confirming, but the dates changed due to vaccine guidance for minors. So the dates were changed from June to July. I know this is a pain and I hate agreeing to a date then backing out and it's our problem, not your problem, but this is where we're at. And then he gives some proposed dates. H's attorney replies and says, we do not agree. Your client is still continuing her slander campaign unabated. And my attorney replies and says, my thoughts exactly. So while all of this discussion about the defendant's deposition was happening, the defendant was continuing to defame me and H on social media. She made another live video on June the 11th of 2021. When an employee lets me down as an employee, they're like hurting my feelings as a friend. I keep people I shouldn't keep. I overlook things. I definitely listened to one person for seven years and shouldn't have. Oh, I don't today oh my god so bad anyways but i um i also like i think everyone is my friend and i forget that like they're all they're they're all looking out for themselves of course at the end of the day that's how it's supposed to work i don't know it's just weird it's hard being a boss and i do not enjoy it at all no part of it is fun so i decided instead of telling people because i was like what can i do i don't i am never gonna just be able to be my employee's boss i'm not i'm not good at it i'm never gonna be good at it i tried to hire somebody to be the buffer and we all know how that turned out so that's never happening again so during this video, she references how she had hired somebody to be the buffer, and we all know how that turned out. She is referencing myself. And during this video, someone with an Instagram account called I'll Name This Account Later started commenting some negative things, and the defendant's followers started commenting back in response to this person. One of the followers says, just go elsewhere, I'll name this account later. And then the person with the I'll name this account later responded, you look old. Don't give yourself a heart attack being rude on the internet. The I'll name this account later is responding to what the defendant is saying and says, nice idea, but why not focus on your business first since you're struggling? And then another follower says, shut up H, writes H's name on the screen as if this, this was H. And then the follower that I'll name this account later had said was old, says old enough to take care of business, not too old to stick up for an amazing lady and her business. Another follower says, just H and C hiding behind fake accounts. And then that follower who was called old said, right, let's go find them and take care of business. So multiple times during this episode, there were videos where someone would get on an Instagram account with an unknown account and would start commenting and the defendant automatically makes the assumption and inference that that person is me and so to her followers, me or H. 
Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's H, sometimes it's both of us. And her followers attack. That's what they do every single time. As we've seen, it doesn't even matter if the defendant just says something simple like she can't make a Facebook event. Her followers know the narrative that she has been spinning and they start going on the attack saying horrible things about myself, about H, uh, about us together. So the defendant knows that all she has to do is start a narrative. And then she can weaponize her social media against myself, against H, and her followers will go on the attack. Next time on False and Defamatory. What is something your brain tries to make you do and you have to will yourself not to do it? (laughs) Shoot people. I'm just joking, but not. Oh, are you kidding? Like, literally, hit people with my car? The followers know her narrative. She has spun this narrative for so long that they know the drill. When I say to you that I supported this woman and her business, I supported her with my whole heart. The only thing that changed my feelings toward this woman was spending a year and a half working for her. I just made the decision. I don't want this person in my life anymore. And I quit my job and went no contact and maintained professionalism. That's what happened. And then my attorney says, So in your opinion, gathering evidence of your conduct that's going to be presented to this judge and this jury is somehow stalking? Is that your opinion? And the defendant says, well, that's not the only thing. There is no way, nor is it remotely believable that H would have ever sought out to do anything like this. Nor is it believable that I would have sought H out because she had a connection to this woman to try and cultivate a friendship with her so that I could learn information and sabotage this woman's business. I would never compromise my own integrity or character to do any of the things that she ever accused me of. One thing I always remember everything. It's a weird, anybody that like anybody in my real life, the police, my attorney, they all say the same thing. Like my attorney the other day said, you'd be such a good attorney because I remember everything. So the entire basis for the defendant's false and defamatory narrative that she fabricated against me is that there are things on Gomi blog written about her that only I would have known. Yet in her sworn deposition, she could not think of a single post, not even a topic of something that she would claim that only I would have known. There was no evidence because there is no evidence because that is a complete lie, just like her entire narrative. There should be some social accountability for stuff you say on the internet. And that is a statement from the defendant that I could not agree with more. I sued her for defamation because she was defaming me. She was still actively, constantly, publicly defaming me. I don't understand people either too. I would never do that. Literally in my life, I would never be ugly to somebody on the internet. The False and Defamatory podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Crystal Wrighton, with music by Harry B. Ragsdale, who also serves as my audio engineer. First and foremost, I would like to thank my guests who generously shared their time and insight with us. I would also like to thank my husband, my mom, my children, my therapist, my attorneys, and trusted friends who walked with me through this process and made this podcast possible. Being able to finally speak the truth is incredibly healing, and I appreciate you listening more than I could ask 
accurately express. If you would like to continue receiving my latest episodes and stay up to date with my content, please subscribe to the False and Defamatory podcast on your preferred podcast platform and follow False and Defamatory on social media with the handle at False and Defamatory. Links to False and Defamatory social media as well as my blog can be found in the episode notes and on falseanddefamatory.com. Listening to the False and Defamatory podcast is free on most platforms. However, if you prefer a video podcast or would like to see the documents discussed in the podcast shown on screen, you can subscribe to my Patreon, where you will enjoy these benefits as well as early access, bonus content, and ad-free listening. The defendant spread her false and defamatory claims to hundreds of thousands of followers for more than two years. My goal is to share the truth so it can reach each person who heard her lies. By sharing this podcast, you can help me achieve that goal. Your support means everything to me and helps me reach a wider audience. So please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with those you think would benefit from it. Thank you again for sharing and for listening. All social media posts referenced in this podcast were included in the evidence in case number 096-321-678-20 in the 96th District Court of Tarrant County, Texas, where the jury unanimously ruled in my favor on August 24, 2022. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the False and Defamatory podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by the guests are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the view of the False and Defamatory podcast or Crystal Wrighton. Please do not make any attempts to reach out to the defendant or her followers. Names have been redacted to protect the privacy of the defendant and her army of followers who commented on her public posts. The unanimous jury verdict has not only provided me with justice, but also allows me to share my story. The purpose of this podcast is to share the truth and to provide educational content regarding defamation and social media. If you have any questions about this or to view the documents discussed in this episode, please visit falseanddefamatory.com.